And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. I can see you right now in the kitchen, bending over a hot stove, but I can't see the stove. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The shadow knows. <laughs> Would you mind telling me whose brain I did put in? And you won't be angry. I will not be angry. Abby someone. Abby someone. Abby who? Abby normal. What do you do, Carl? Carl is a inventor slash entrepreneur. Yeah, I'm still looking for that home run, you know? I mean, when I saw the iPod first time, I was like, you know, I gotta kick myself. That was so hard on him. What's your name? Carl's my name. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger, ready to move out. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This hour on Hollywood 360, we'll conclude the Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy show with special guest Lana Turner from 1947. Then it is later than you think on Lights Out with a great horror sci-fi story from 1942. By my side is my co-host, Lisa Wolf. What's up, Lisa? Hey, Carl. Did you notice Mike got his ears lowered? I, I do. It's kind of, I see it now yeah. that I've checked him out. It looks very handsome. Very nice. Wow. Super cuts. Did you do huh? it yourself? Super cuts? No. Where? Great clips, maybe? Oh, yeah. Same thing. Good stuff. Whatever works. When I used to have hair, I would go <laughs> there. Go yeah. there, too. <laughs> All right. Time now for the Charlie McCarthy Show. We began listening to this last time. This is from November 16, 1947. Part 2, the conclusion of the Edgar Bergen, Charlie McCarthy Show with special guest Lana Turner. Look, Edgar, about those letters. Now, if you really want them back... Oh, I do, I do, of course I do. Well, then just call the boy over. Call, I'd be glad to do that. Charlie, look who's here. You, why, Lana, my little filly. Why, McCarthy, my little Charlie horse. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me, have you been having fun traveling around the country? Yes, in a way, but it's a long road that has no turner. (laughs) Charlie. Charlie, I don't think it's right for you to ask Edgar to pay you to return his letters. Yeah. Well, what's, what's really wrong with that? Nothing. Well, after all, you shouldn't bite the hand that you're feeding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, but the money, it isn't for myself, really. It's for the starving. Oh, who's starving? My piggy bank. <laughs> well, with that attitude, you'll never be a success. How do you like that? Still in knee pants and already a failure. <laughs> Charlie... Let's see where all this is going to lead. How? Now, look, you you let me look at your hand and see what the future holds for you. Oh, yes. See what the future holds for both of us. (laughs) Who taught you to read hands? The lady from 29 Palm. Oh, (laughs) cut My Charlie, I've never seen such lines. And may I say the same about you? Are your fingers are all the same shape. All the same shape, yeah. It's what we call five of a kind. <laughs> your index finger is a little flat, though. Yes, it is. Yes. Oh, that has a meaning. Oh, there's a lesson there. Oh, there certainly is. I'll never stick it in a ringer again. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, about 
about my heart line. What are you telling me about? Well, wait until I untangle it. It's a mess, ain't it? Why, Charlie, you have two of them. Yeah, one couldn't take all the traffic. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what is this, this little thing right here? What's that little thing? Oh, ball? that's the girdle of Venus. The girdle of Venus. So the old girl's getting a little chunky, eh? <laughs> Oh, I see some trouble for you in the near future. Yeah, well, I bet she'll be worth it. I see you're involved in something dishonest, Charlie. No. Yes. Why, you're selling your future for a mess of pottage. Do tell, do tell. What's pottage selling for these days? (laughs) Well, I don't think I can get much more out of your hand. Oh, but try, Lana. Try squeezing it. (laughs) Now, about Edgar's love letter. Yes. You're going to be a good boy and give them to Lana, aren't you? No, 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 no. Oh, come on, Charlie. Be noble. Oh, oh I say, did somebody call me? No. <laughs> oh, no, Ray. I'm reading Charlie's palm. Oh. Oh, do you believe in palmistry? <laughs> well, a phrenologist read my head once, you know. But frankly, I think there's nothing in it. <laughs> I see you have a well-developed bump here. Now, that's... What is called the bump of uh, curiosity. Oh, that is? Well, I got that trying to look over a transom. <laughs> and what's this bump? A gift from your mother-in-law? Yes. Is, 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 isn't his head an unusual shape, I think? Uh, well, um, yes, yeah. I've often thought of having it, uh, uh, shall we say, re-blocked. <laughs> well, we kill that for you. <laughs> We got a lot more good ones. We don't. Uh, I wish you'd quit talking about your head, Ray. You're always making a mountain out of a molehill. Yeah. <laughs> no, but seriously, I mean, uh, reading the bumps on one's head is just terribly fascinating. I think. Uh, how does one learn it? Well, I'll tell you, Ray. Yes. You start out in a small way. Yes. Reading warts on a pickle. <laughs> I say, that's yes. rather good, isn't it? Don't yes. you think? Yes. <laughs> warts on a pickle. Yes. Well, that's really a dilly. Oh! Oh, oh say, stop, Merkin Gherkin. Yeah. Now, please, Ray, leave us alone so I can concentrate on Charlie's palm. Oh, very well, then. But uh, would you promise to read my palm sometime? All right. You come back in about... Twenty years. <laughs> how awfully nice of you. Morning or afternoon? Oh, how... <laughs> how about tiffin time? Oh, wonderful. Late tiffin. Now, Charlie, you're going to give those letters to Lana, aren't you? No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Yes, yes, it's me, uh, Ursula Twing Frail. Yeah. And I'm here because rumor has it... Uh, simmer down. Uh, rumor, <laughs> rumor has it that there are some uh, love letters for sale. That's right, that's right. Uh, what do you want them for? Well, I buy love stories that are just full of romance and sadness uh, uh, to appear in my magazine, A True Goo. True? <laughs> I never heard of it. Never. Well, I, I used to be with the magazine uh, Looky Looky. Looky Looky. Yeah, yeah. and after that I changed... Uh, the name to Drip Drip, and I tried to sell it to Fawcett Publications. Well, yeah. Blue Bleep. Oh, that was kind of cute. Yeah. But uh, we're going to start a weekly news magazine now. Oh, like Newsweek? No, guess yeah. again. More like Time? Not Time either. No. It's 50% better than Time. We're going to call it a Time and a Half. I do. <laughs> And 
And you mean you'd print Edgar's personal love letters? Well, I wouldn't uh, print anything that I wouldn't want my little old Aunt Hetty to read. How is your little old Aunt Hetty? Oh, now? do you know her at all? No, I don't know her. Oh, you no. don't know her? Well, she's I... a pinup girl in a Second Street bowling alley. Oh, I know. <laughs> Tell me, do you write up new stories or love stories? Well, love stories are, are really my long suit. Oh, so that's her long suit, is well, it? Well, not exactly my long suit either, because my long suit is at the cleaners. Uh, <laughs> well, it's not funny. I, I'm having a chocolate eclair removed from the pocket. <laughs> Well, you don't look like the romantic type at all. I know what you're trying to say. spoon and a fork. Oh, well, no, of course not. No. You really don't look like the romantic type. I don't. Throw it to him again. Thank Tell you. me, are you in love? Am I in love? Oh. oh, no, not me. I found love a snare and a delusion. <laughs> Well, tell us what happened. <laughs> I'll tell you what happened. <laughs> There's no place here for smart Alex. Uh, <laughs> I was in line. You're no exception either. No. <laughs> and I'll... Just pay attention. I, uh, I was in love with uh, t- uh, Teresa, the bearded lady, but uh, she gave me the brush. Well... <laughs> Well, did she mean a great deal to you? Oh, for goodness sakes, my gosh, yes. But another fellow stole her. She was the light of my life. Why, the bolt snatcher. Yeah. <laughs> what about buying these letters? You know, the public will just eat this stuff up. Eat, eat them up? Yeah. Oh, eat them up. That reminds me, it's time for brunch. Goodbye. I... <laughs> Now, Charlie, you can see that you can't sell those letters. Yeah. And something tells me you're going to give them to me. They do? Mm-hmm. Oh, do something, Lana, really? <laughs> yes, am I getting warm? Uh, no, but I am. <laughs> Are you going to give the letters to me for nothing? No, no, no. For a kiss. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, I'm all ready. Uh, tell me, is my pucker on straight? Mm-hmm. Oh, Charlie. Mm-hmm. Phone LaGuardia Field, boys. I'm coming in for a landing. <laughs> Listen next week for our special guest, Carmen Miranda. This is Nelson Kay speaking to you from Radio City, New York. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. That's the Charlie McCarthy Show, November 16, 1947. Edgar Bergen, Charlie McCarthy, and special guest Lana Turner as heard on NBC. Let's take a quick break, then it's lights out. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, Carl Amari here. During the month of May, log on to ClassicRadioStore.com and digitally download Escape Volume 1, featuring 12 exciting tales of high adventure. Escape Volume 1 is regularly priced at $19.99, but is yours for half price, only $9.99 this month only. Also on sale during May is The Life of Riley Volume 1, featuring 12 comedy episodes starring William Bendix. The Life of Riley Volume 1 is regularly priced at $19.99, but is yours for half 
price only $9.99 via digital download this month only. Visit ClassicRadioStore.com and digitally download Escape Volume 1 and The Life of Riley Volume 1 at 50% off their regular price. In June, these two collections will go back to full price, so don't miss them while they're on sale during May. Log on to ClassicRadioStore.com to order, and while you're there, download an episode of Suspense starring Cary Grant absolutely free as our gift to you. That's ClassicRadioStore.com. Hi, I'm Katherine Heigl, film and television actress and producer and CEO of the Jason Debus Heigl Foundation. 3.2 million cats enter shelters every year, and sadly, over half of them are euthanized. So now, when you buy a green jug of Cat's Pride Fresh and Light litter, we'll donate one pound of litter to shelters across the country. The dollars these shelters save on litter go directly towards saving cats' lives. Find out how you can help at catspride.com. Hi, Carl Amari here for Remind Magazine, America's monthly blast from the past. Each month, Remind Magazine focuses on a pop culture theme from the 1950s through the 1980s, covering a wide spectrum of topics from Marilyn Monroe to Marilyn Manson. In every 50-plus page issue of Remind Magazine, you'll find dozens of puzzles, movie posters, trivia contests, classic comics, crossword puzzles, vintage advertisements for products from days gone by, and much more. And every issue features my column, Radio 360, where I focus on a celebrity from Hollywood's golden age and write about his or her radio work. And next to my article is the monthly schedule of the classic radio shows I'll be playing each month so you'll never miss your favorites. Remind Magazine is available at Barnes & Noble and Walmart stores throughout the country. But because I write for this magazine, I'll let you in on a little secret. You can get Remind Magazine for about 60% less than the newsstand price by ordering it online at RemindMagazine.com. Visit RemindMagazine.com and subscribe today. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Welcome back. I'm Carl Amari. This is Hollywood 360. Across about 200 radio stations coast to coast. Make sure you go to our website, Hollywood360radio.com. We have our schedule there. We have our podcast there. We have all kinds of pictures of Lisa there. All kinds of fun stuff. And we have our surprise boxes. If you want to get a surprise box of classic radio shows on CD a surprise box of classic movies and TV shows on DVD, or a surprise box of Twilight Zone radio dramas on CDs, that is the place to go. There's a pop-up when you go to Hollywood360radio.com. Learn all about these three surprise boxes. I promise you, you will be very happy with them. All right, it's time now for Lights Out. This was a horror series originally created by Willis Cooper. It was a 15-minute show heard once a week on a Chicago station called WENR. But then it was expanded to a 30-minute series in 1935. And then it was on the entire CBS radio network. And when Cooper left for Hollywood in 1936, they brought in Arch Obler to take over the series. And he wrote some of the most horrific radio shows of all time under the banner of Lights Out. We're going to listen to one that has a sci-fi theme along with horror. Let's go back to December 22nd, 1942 for The Meteor Man on Lights Out. Ironized Yeast presents... Lights out. Everybody. It is later than you 
Lights Out brings you stories of the supernatural and the supernormal, dramatizing the fantasies and the mysteries of the unknown. We tell you this frankly, so if you wish to avoid the excitement and tension of these imaginative plays, we urge you, calmly but sincerely, to turn off your radio now. My name, Arch Obler. Tonight, a story I enjoyed writing for you because, well, frightening as the thought may be, it could happen. And furthermore, I might speak frankly, my dear Diane, the basic thing wrong with woman is her nose. Let's cut it off. Russell Adams. Then there's the matter of her ears. Look at them. Well? They're, they're, they're too obvious. Cut them off, too. No nose, no ears. Oh, a fine art critic you turned out to be. Oh, is this thing odd? Russ Adams, I hate you. I think it's the best piece of sculpture I've ever done. Egomaniac. Oh, will you go away? <laughs> Not until I tell my wife how much I adore her. <laughs> how about stopping the artistic endeavors for the night and romancing with the old man? Any night. Come on. Out of the veranda. There's a moon. Spoken as Professor Russell J. Adams, instructor of astronomy at our beloved university. I don't know a single scientific fact about this moon. It's a special satellite built entirely for romance. <laughs> then it's a date. After you, fair Diane? <laughs> Why do you laugh? Just thinking it's a good thing we haven't any neighbors, or they'd think we were honeymooning. Ten years and two more weeks. Sweet. Why? For remembering. <laughs> Where the sign? Oh, it's such a lovely night. Yes. You're very lovely with the moonlight in your hair. Darling. 335 days out of the year, moonlight to me is, a, is just a reflected light of the sun. A light interesting only that it may be analyzed spectroscopically. <laughs> but these 30 days of our vacation, Diane. Oh, what a magical change. It's a soft lover's moon hanging in the heavens only to brighten your loveliness. Oh, and people wonder why I can't get excited about Ronald Coleman. Coleman? Who's he? <laughs> Spoken like a true professor. He's a motion picture star. An absolute paragon of romance. Oh, well, perhaps I shouldn't neglect my movie going. Oh, so much I mean. With such paragons to teach one. Mm, you do all right. Oh, Russell. What's the matter? I saw the brightest shooting star. Is that all? The way you gasp, I thought you saw the angel of death himself galloping over those meadows. There's another one. Look, Russell. My dear, for 11 months out of the year, the heavens have my full and undivided attention. Oh, but during this blessed month, <laughs> let the heavens fall, I can't be bothered. I never saw such bright shooting stars. Yes, and another thing, my dear. As the wife of an accredited professor of astronomy, I think it no more than fitting that you give the phenomena that you observed its proper name. Namely, the fall of a meteor. There's another one. And another. Oh, Russ, how bright and beautiful. They travel at such a tremendous rate, the friction of our atmosphere burns them into a fiery vapor. There's more of them. Look, one after the other. I've never seen so many shooting stars. Uh-uh. I mean so many meteors in all my life. Oh, so that's why you wanted me out here. <laughs> you knew about this uh, meteor shower, didn't you? It's one of heaven's free spectacles in this constellation. Every three years, and this happens to be the third year. How frightening. Quite frightening. Those great masses of stone and iron. 
coming from who knows where in interstellar space, traveling millions and millions of miles and then going up in such glorious flame just as they reach the end of their journey. Not all goes to flame. Hundreds of them strike the earth each year. Well, Russell, there's no danger. Oh, no. The probabilities of being struck on the head by that cosmic rubbish is about uh, a thousand times more remote than winning a sweepstake without buying a ticket. Well, look. That one. The brightest of all. Wait, Diane. What's that? I don't know. Something from look the up. sky. It's shooting star. Look out, Diane. Right. All right, dear. Everything's all right. What? How? A meteor. Must have landed out in the field there. Here, let me help you up. You all right, dearest? Yes, I, I'm all right. Russ, where are you going? Out there. Where it must have buried itself. Wait here. I'll be right back. No, no. I'm going with you. All right, if you want to. Oh, Diane, what an experience we've had. The one chance in a million I spoke about almost occurred to us. But, but Russ, was it really a shooting star? That explosion like a bombshell? A bombshell of the universe. What will we find out there? A fragment of the meteorite, I But hope. it'll burn. No, no. All of its heat will have been dissipated. Then again, it may have exploded into a thousand minute pieces. I pray to heaven that it hasn't. I'm afraid. No, no. The danger's all over. Ah, uh, here. Moon's so bright. If any of the mass landed, I should be able to find the torn ground where it smashed through the turf. Oh, please, darling. Let's wait until morning. No, no. I must find the thing at once. The moon gives plenty of light. From the brightness of the flash, I'm positive that the meteor landed someplace right in here. I'll tell you... Look! What? The turf, all torn up. This is the place. Russell, are you mad? Get up off the ground. Right here. It must have struck a glancing blow off the brow of the ridge. I've got it. What? A fragment of it. Still warm. See? No larger than a baseball. All that was left of it. That's a... That's a meteor. A meteor, right. All that's left of the meteor that burned and exploded. What a fine. Drop it, Russ. What are you talking Throw about? Throw it away. Come back to the house. That's the first portion of Lights Out. More after these words. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Now back to Lights Out. What What are you going to do with it? Doing what's the matter with you? Your face. I... I don't know. I... Somehow I'm afraid for all of us. Afraid? Good heavens, my dear. There's nothing dangerous about this. A mass metal that's 90% iron. Why, it's as harmless as any inert piece of metal. Come to the study. I'll show you where the rush of air against the incandescent... Uh, Russ, wait. Huh? Someone's crying. Yes. I'll go and see. It's Helga. Oh, Helga, you poor thing. We forgot all about you. Oh, Mrs. Adams, it was exploding. Now, now, everything's all right, Helga. What's going on, Diane? Oh, poor Helga. The explosion frightened her out of her wits. Oh, Mr. Professor Adams, we die. We all die. Don't be a the fool. The fire has come from the sky. It killed us. It killed you and me and everybody. We die. Everybody stop it. dies. Stop it. For heaven's sake, stop that. Take care of her, Diane. Give her a second. All right, Russell. All right, now, Helga. I'm going to get at this meteorite, so please quiet the dumb fool down as quickly as you can. Superstitious idiot. Simple phenomena, and she thinks the world's ending. Simple little meteorite. Iron, a bit of nickel content. Nothing particularly unusual. 
Oh, Diane, quiet her down, will you? Yes. She'll be all right. Mm, you look a little rocky yourself. Here, sit here. She's very frightened. Yeah, and even you, Diane. Well? Well, you've acted so strangely, as if this in that piece of cosmic metal could cause some supernatural ability. What are you going to do with it? Nothing. Examine it. Here. I'll take some of this nitric acid. Where's that bottle? There we are. Now watch closely, and I'll show you that the stone consists of ordinary elements. Iron. Russell. What? This, this mark on it. How strange. Hmm. Yeah. Funny I hadn't noticed it before. Circles the entire stone. I wouldn't be a bit surprised that a blow right here would break it in half. Yes, I think I'll try to do that. No, no, Russell. Leave it alone. Good heavens, Diane. Nothing but a stone. All I'm going to do is try and break it along this fissure. See, I had a hammer. Ah, yeah. What if the stone break? Almost solid metal. I'll try. By George, it did. Clean in half. <gasps> what? Look. What's inside? Flesh. Oh, Russell. Negative grape protoplasmic. No, it can't be. It can't. This is a meteor. It came from out there. There is no flesh. Nothing could live. Russ, look. Huh? It's growing. Growing? Faster and faster. Gray flesh. Growing. Russ, I'm afraid. No, Diane. No, wait. Control yourself. This is something we've got to see, both of us, calmly, so we can tell others clearly what we saw. I'll try. Russ, keep your arm around me. Larger and larger. Listen, the noise as it grows. I hear it. When will it stop? When? Look. Look. Uh, I can't. That horrible gray flesh. But you must see it. Look. It's forming into something. What? A head. It's forming into a head. Oh! How can it be, Diane? Flesh in a meteor growing. Growing into a head. I see it. A head. Horrible head. <gasps> Diane, you heard. Yes. But a head without body speaking. Yes. Speaking. Russell. You... You hear and... and understand me? Thick lips. Laughing. I laugh at the fear and wonder in your simple little faces. Who... Who are you? What are you? If I told you would your little earth vines understand? Uh. Tell us, whatever you are. Tell us what you are. What you on earth will soon have for masters. Oh, no, 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 wait, Diane. I must know. You thing... Uh, what can I call you? Tell me what you mean, you masters. Surely you simple little men... Do not think that in you, creation has reached the ultimate. Oh, gray flesh talking. I'm getting out. You will stay. Russ, I, I can't move. Huh. Nor, 
Nor I. You cannot move. Who are you? Tell us, who are you? You saw how I came. A tiny bit of protoplasm in that meteorite? So I willed myself to be, to reach your earth. You, you came here in that, through, through space? Through space beyond your furthest conception, earth thing. Many of my people have tried. I am the first to succeed. Then, then, meteors are, are... Are the means we have used to try and reach this haven of plenty. I am the first. Now there will be others. You, you're from another planet? An old world. Old beyond your understanding. A world grown cold in its age, empty with passing years. We must escape to a young, fertile world. This world. But, uh, but you're only heads. Heads without bodies. Oh, Russ. Russ, I'm so afraid. No, 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 please. I must hear him speak. This that is happening to us is a miracle of all times. Tell me, you there, are you only heads in that world you speak of? Heads. Heads. You see what I will you to see. But what are you? A mind and a will beyond your feeble understanding. As far above you as you are above the apes that still must crawl in your jungle. Oh, but, but how can it be that you speak as I speak and understand what I say? Your prattling wearies me. But I tell you this. All that you say, I know. The most profound thought any of you earth things have ever thought is to me as the babbling of children. But now I am hungry. You understand that little thing. Hungry? Hungry? Hungry with a hunger that has driven me over space without ending. Hunger that has brought me here. But, but what do you eat? You will know. What do, you, what do you mean? What food could there be here to fill the hunger of such as I... Hunger that would make me entomb myself in metal, flung into space in a hope that chance would bring me through the fire of that air of yours. What food? thing. I, I don't know. Tell, tell me. Come closer. Oh, no. And why, oh, no, earthing? You don't... human? Human. <laughs> you think... 
but, but if you're men... But we are not men. You are the cattle, and we are the keepers. You raise the cattle for life, and we for centuries have raised such as you on our world for life. But now, as I told you, our world has grown too old and too cold. The herds of you die, and we grow hungry. That is why I am here. We need new cattle. Here there are so many of you. Earth, woman. Russell, it spoke to me. We've got to get out of here. No, no. Stop it. Don't look at me. Stop it. Come closer. Don't listen to him, Diane. Closer. No, no. Don't move, Diane. Stay where you are. Stay right there. You hear only me, Earth woman. Only you. No, Diane. No. Don't say that. Don't look at that monster, Diane. Closer, Diane. Yes. No, Closer. No, Diane. Stand still. Don't move toward it. Don't. Closer, No, Diane. no. Closer. Monster. Not Diane. Diane, I beg of you. Don't go closer to it. Closer. No. Closer. No. I'll kill you. Closer. If I could only get to you. Soon you will move to me as she is. Diane, if I could move. Diane, I've got to find the way. The strength to stop him. Diane, you're almost... That bottle. Nitric acid. The bottle. Close to you, monster. Take this. Pool of flesh. Flesh. That's all. Diane, wake up. Open your eyes. I've killed the thing. I killed it. Oh, Diane, it's all right. Russell, I've killed it. Oh. Diane, look. Outside, it's still dark. Yes, the sky's still streaked with the rush of meteorites. And that thing said more of the monsters of his breed are trying to reach this earth to feel that devil's hunger in them. Another meteorite is just... Well, and in it, perhaps... Oh, Diane. Diane. Is that truly to be in for mankind? Hmm. I, um... Mr. Obler, will the end of the world come that way? Well, 
like it. If you mean, will the end for mankind come out of interstellar space in the form of a flying meteor? Well, there are some mighty interesting theories along that line. The amazing thing about it, Frank, is that there are so many logical and thoroughly possible ways in which the entire tribe of mankind could be wiped off the Earth at any moment. I, I'm not talking about famine or what's close to all of us, war. I mean other ways. A star moves into our darkness from somewhere out there in the blackness of interstellar space, and the pull of its presence might turn our spinning globe headlong into the sun. In a split second, all of mankind, all his buildings, his wonderful possessions, his precious little pile, would go up in a flash of fire. Or out of the sun itself, the very source of our life, as we all know, could shoot a long stream of explosive flame that would curl around us and again, well, so quickly that no man would know what had happened. In split seconds, this earth would be a charred, uninhabited spheroid. Yes, when one stops to think what a tiny little grain of sand this haughty world of ours actually is in the dark sea of space, and when we realize how precarious little mankind's hold is on this earth, the spectacle of man's inhumanity to man becomes a cosmic joke. Well, all of those things are certainly interesting to think about, Mr. Obler, but tell us now what's going to happen next week. Next week, Lost Trees. No, that's not a dance. It's a story of chance. That unpredictable chance that makes one man a saint and the next man a Hitler. The flip of a coin, the turn of a card, the bend of a road. I think you'll like what we have to offer you, but as usual, next week. Lights Out will come to you again next Tuesday at this same time. Be sure to listen to Arch Obler's weird story of Valse Triest. Columbia Broadcasting System. And that's Lights Out from December 22nd, 1942 with The Meteor Man. That was hosted by Arch Obler, sponsored by Ironized Yeast, as heard on CBS. Hope you enjoyed that. Let's take a quick break, then it's more of Hollywood 360 after these words. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, this is Sarah Knight Adamson. I'm the national film critic for the website sarahsbackstagepass.com. I'm a member of the Broadcast Film Critics Association in L.A. and a voting member of the Critics' Choice Film Awards. Coming up next, you'll hear a film review of a movie that's playing near you. Blockers, rated R. It's a comedy starring Leslie Mann, John Sarah, and Ike Barinholtz as three parents raising their daughters. The director is Kay Cannon. The three teens who are now in high school decide on the day of prom they will all lose their virginity. After the girls leave for prom, Bomb, Leslie Mann, sees her daughter's text messages on her computer, and all three parents discover the plan. Let's take a listen. I'm ready. You look beautiful. I used to hold that girl in the palm of my hand. Kayla's becoming a woman. You're going to have to deal with that. We're going to light it up like it's prom night. Dad, why are you here? You think I'm going to miss the most important night of your young life? Isn't that graduation? Graduation is for losers. The three parents follow their teens from prom 
to all the after parties. And you can imagine the craziness. Here's another clip. They're getting away. WWVDD. What would Vin Diesel do? Hey, Fast and the Furious is completely unrealistic. It's not a documentary. I get that. The bottom line, I'm way in. Three and a half stars out of four. This is a hysterical movie. I laughed out loud most of the 110 minutes. Just know it's a raunchy script. I have to say, I identified with the mom. As I've raised three kids and two of those parties, believe it or not, were at my house. Probably so I wouldn't have to drive around snooping on them. Check out all of my reviews and interviews on sarahsbackstagepass.com. See you next week. Hi, Carl Amari here. During the month of May, log on to ClassicRadioStore.com and digitally download Escape Volume 1, featuring 12 exciting tales of high adventure. Escape Volume 1 is regularly priced at $19.99, but it's yours for half price, only $9.99 this month only. Also on sale during May is The Life of Riley Volume 1, featuring 12 comedy episodes starring William Bendix. The Life of Riley Volume 1 is regularly priced at $19.99, but it's yours for half price price only $9.99 via digital download this month only. Visit ClassicRadioStore.com and digitally download Escape Volume 1 and The Life of Riley Volume 1 at 50% off their regular price. In June, these two collections will go back to full price, so don't miss them while they're on sale during May. Log on to ClassicRadioStore.com to order, and while you're there, download an episode of Suspense starring Cary Grant, absolutely free as our gift to you. That's ClassicRadioStore.com. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Next time, it's the man from Homicide, our Miss Brooks, Gene Autry's Melody Ranch, Rocky Jordan, The Bob Hope Show, and Nick Carter, Master Detective. From my team here at Hollywood 360, thank you all very much for tuning in. Stay safe. We'll see you next time.